Hi, welcome to Go Tell Mom. I'm Diana Kelly, and I've been momming for several decades, including tending my fur babies, kids I gave birth to, kids I mentored as a broadcaster and college instructor, my kids' friends, and my friends. I'm not a psychologist or doctor, but I do know how to dig up advice from those who are, and that's what I'll share with you. If you have something to share with me, remark, comment, question, please comment below. There's always going to be something your kid won't eat. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, squash, liver, doesn't matter. Although I did list the things I hated to eat as a kid. My mom was told by some sadistic pediatrician that she needed to feed us liver at least once a month. So she did. I would cut mine into teeny tiny pieces and smother it in A1 steak sauce and down it with a big glass of milk, trying to avoid having it touch my tongue. Not all kids are willing to go through that to make their parents happy, I just want to point out. But the fact that I'd get paddled if I didn't swallow every bite was an added incentive. My son did not like his food touching each other on the plate. I blame it on the Barney dish that had dividers in it when he was a toddler. When a vegetable leaped over the divider, the whining would start. My daughter went through a phase where Uncrustables PB&J sandwiches were the only things she'd eat. If I actually made a PB&J sandwich for her, she wouldn't eat it, even if I cut off the crust. Sociologists at UCSF Benioff's Children's Hospitals say that kids can become picky eaters for a number of reasons. Some are more sensitive to taste, smell, and texture. To this day, my daughter cannot swallow anything with pineapple in it. I loathe the smell of liver and can't swallow anything with meringue because of the way it feels on my tongue. Picky eating habits are more likely to pop up when parents punish, bribe, or reward their kids' eating behaviors. Experts say the goal for feeding a picky eater should be to try new foods and to keep food from starting a battle. So, how do you avoid the war? Offer a variety of foods at mealtime, like a vegetable, fruit, protein, and starch. But don't limit it to your kids' favorite foods. After all, how are they going to know if they like something if they don't try it? Kids can be offered a food up to 15 times before they'll sample it. Keep in mind, if your kid fills up on juice or milk, they may be more inclined to turn down the offerings. Nutritionists say you should absolutely not give your kids soda because it provides no nutritional benefit, not to mention it does a number on their teeth. I never bought soda when my kids were little. My mom had us drink milk, so that's what I served my kids, although I did send them to school with juice boxes. I usually drank iced green tea because it was considered healthy. As teens, my kids would drink it too, but we still battled over the dinner menu. KidsEatInColor.com suggests getting children used to eating healthy by giving them a choice. They call it the no-pressure meal. You don't threaten them with no dessert, my mom's tactic, or not being able to go out to play or paddling, my dad's method. You just say, you can eat it when you're ready. No, you do not give them an alternative, my ex-husband's method. You let them stay at the table until everyone's done, and then clear the table, and tell them when the next meal will arrive. One tip have at least one food they usually like on the table. Nutritionists warn against having the always open fridge or cupboard. The child's less likely to feel hunger if they can always grab a snack, and that makes them less likely to try new foods. So close the kitchen when snack time or mealtime is over. They also suggest giving kids a healthy snack between meals, about every two to four hours, to improve their eating habits and make them less picky. Where your child eats can also affect how that child eats, according to HealthyChildren.org. Eat together as a family as often as you can, without distractions like a TV or cell phone on. Serve one meal, not a kid's greatest hits. If they don't like the meal, they have to wait for the next one. Don't pressure them to eat. Let their stomach do that. 
No, you're not being a horrible parent because you didn't feed your child. Your child just chose not to eat. They will when they're hungry. Try not to tempt your kid to eat a new food or a disliked food by bribing them with treats. And just because a kid turns down a food once doesn't mean you should banish it from your table. Keep offering it to them, along with other new foods. That 15 tries rule applies here. Also, try to make food fun by arranging it in creative ways. I've seen some pretty cool butterfly-shaped finger foods with apple-sliced wings on celery sticks loaded with peanut butter and dotted with raisins. Think of it like a healthy gingerbread man. HealthyChildren.org suggests serving unfamiliar foods or flavors young kids tend to dislike at first. Sour and bitter with familiar foods toddlers naturally prefer. Sweet and salty. Pairing broccoli, bitter, with grated cheese, salty, for example, is a great combination for toddler taste buds. Now I'm going to cap this with one frightening suggestion. Bring the kids with you when you grocery shop and hit the fruit and veggie aisle first. Let's face it, it's the most colorful part of the store. Let them pick out their favorites and ask them how they want to cook them. If they're old enough, let them help you prepare them. I was an outside-the-house working mom throughout my kids' childhood, so I didn't always have control of their meals or their menus. But when they were old enough, my community center had a junior chef's camp where kids could learn things like how to saute, braise, fold in ingredients, all the kind of things they would need to know when they were grown. And yes, occasionally they'd offer to cook, but they also tended to complain less about what was for dinner. Dr. Sherry Welsh joining us. And we were talking about picky eaters. Were you a picky eater when you were a kid? You know, I don't remember myself being a picky eater, but my kids <laughs> very much picky eaters. Yeah. There's only one memory I have of eating, and it was of eating tomatoes. I still don't like tomatoes, but I remember having to sit at the dining room table for a very long time <laughs> because I wouldn't eat the tomatoes on my plate. But I definitely think it was probably a different, you know, it was a different time then, you know, like I yeah. know parents did the same way and no. you, just, you just ate what you had to eat type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're going to eat this or yeah. yeah. My parents would threaten. There were, there were definitely threats involved if we didn't eat because we were all skinny kids. <laughs> You know, but unfortunately, when you get that kind of threat in there, then you start developing odd relationships with food. Yes. And I always thought I was supposed to be part of the Clean Plate Club, which is a bad habit to get into when you're an adult and you're eating with adults, and especially if you go out to eat with adults and your plate's full and your childhood memory kicks in and next thing you know, you're eating food you don't really need or want. So I think it's a good thing that we've kind of evolved past that in parenthood. Yes. Making our kids do that. Well, I'm, I'm definitely the rebel child. So now I never clean my plate because I do remember my parents would say, like, if we had to serve ourselves. And so when, you know, we would sit at the dinner table and the plate would come around and you scooped what you wanted onto the plate. So certainly I was older at that point, but these are like the only memories I really have. But if you put it on your plate, you had to eat it. And so uh, you learn very quickly to put small portions on because you didn't know if you were going to like it. But we had to clean our plate. But now to this day, I will take a bite of everything and I will leave a bite. Even if it's McDonald's, it doesn't matter what it is. There will be a bite left that I will not touch. Because I will, I refuse to clean my plate. I That's am. your rebel. Yes. <laughs> Eternal rebel. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> now, see, with my kids, it was food touching. Ah, yes. Well, you know, because they had these cute little, like, Barney plates where you'd have the dividers in them. Once Austin outgrew the Barney plate and his food was touching, now he, he's outgrown this food right. thing since then. 
But gosh, for years, it would be you couldn't have his food touching on the plate or he'd get very upset. And then we got to the point where it's like, okay, well, then you decide what you're going to eat and where you're going to put it. <laughs> I, I figured I'd better rephrase that. <laughs> but my daughter, just anything mom cooked was not going to be good. And part of that was we had my ex-husband's brothers living with us for a while at various times. It was like they'd all swap up and they'd be looking after the kids when we were at work. And they all loved fast food. They were all fast food devotees. So if you didn't like what you ate, they'd take you out to McDonald's or something. So the kids were kind of in that mindset with their food. It's like, well, if we don't eat what's on our plate, we'll get something we like. Right. And, of course, all the nutritionists rebel against that idea. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it got to the point where I just would throw my hands in the air and say, fine, you know, we'll, we'll be doing pizza. But then I got smart and I'd take them to the grocery store with me ah, and have yeah. them pick out stuff and try to avoid stuff that was in the cute little kid packaged boxes <laughs> that would invariably be what they'd be going for. Right. Full of sugar and preservatives and, yep, and all, the, all that stuff. stuff. Yep, yep. Did your kids have like a, a the go-to meal? Like, was there something at home, you know, that they would always eat? Like, I know my daughter, she didn't eat bread or pasta. She wouldn't eat, I know, crazy. Yeah. So no pizza, no macaroni and cheese, nothing, no, none of that. But she would eat peanut butter and jelly in a bowl. That's what she would eat every day. Oh, my gosh. For anything. But she wouldn't put it on bread because she wouldn't, she doesn't eat sandwiches. She still doesn't eat sandwiches. Um, but she's a little bit better now, but she still doesn't like bread. But that was like her go-to for everything. Did your kids have like a go-to? Yeah, for them it was spaghetti and meatballs. And so, of course, we go to the store, and they'd be reaching for the SpaghettiOs and that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, I can cook you something like that. And eventually, they'd let mom cook them something like that. But, yeah, we would be with bread and pasta and that kind of thing. And I'd try to get them to eat salad. Sometimes I was successful. You know, there had to be a vegetable involved there somewhere, but not as many as there should have been. Yeah. My kids were big on juice boxes, too. They loved Oh, they never did a lot of juice boxes. At least not that I remember. Probably Capri Suns. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't... I don't remember buying them, but I'm sure I did, but I don't I don't remember. My oldest daughter, she never and she still to this day doesn't drink anything but water. So she That's never drank soda, she never drank milk, she never drank juice, she didn't like any of it. And so I don't now my youngest kid, she she would drink Coke. She used to drink so much soda that for a while there she kept getting these headaches and we we're thinking, Oh my god, there's something wrong with her, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like this is going on for like a whole year. And she'd come home almost every Monday from school with a headache. Sometimes she wouldn't even make it through the day and then finally realize it's because she drinks so much soda on the weekend and then on Mondays she's going through withdrawal oh. and she was having like a caffeine headache in the afternoon but it took us a while so then, then we cut it back because I just I don't drink soda either and so I don't either and so I just never really put two and two together and then when we we you know we, we scaled back with how much soda she can drink and now she drinks other things besides soda but it was you know it was just you just didn't think about it but I, I don't I don't think we did a lot of juice because I Ivy only drink water. But mm-hmm. I, we do milk. I I grew up, milk was the, the preferred beverage. Yeah. You know, that was, milk was the only beverage mom would have on the table for us. Right. Uh, you'd have cookies and milk and all this. So there was always something that would always taste better with milk anyway. <laughs> uh, dad was the exception. Dad's all grown up. He doesn't need milk. 
Uh, so he could have his Pepsi, and he would be at the end of the table with his Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. And, Growing up, I think we probably drank a lot of milk too. Now I, do, I don't drink milk at all. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't drink it at all. But, um, but growing up, probably I remember a lot of lemonade growing up, like, <laughs> uh, like the high C fruit punch, like that yeah. type of stuff. And lemonade, I don't. I'm sure we had milk, but I don't. I don't remember it. I remember more like the, the total sugary drinks. I remember. I remember that growing up. When I, we hit our teens, mom would let us drink what we wanted, but usually she always had a big pitcher of iced tea in there, which is not a bad, bad habit to get into. So we'd be drinking a lot of iced tea. And when my kids got older, that's what I'd have. You know, I'd, I'd have a big pitcher of iced tea, and usually it was a green tea, because at that point they were telling you how good green tea was. So I was looking for the, the green tea, iced tea, and that's yeah. what I would have for them, so that even though they weren't drinking milk anymore, they would be drinking something that was healthy for them. Yeah, but we had a guy that a friend of ours was looking after our kids when they were in their middle school years, and he was a big soda drinker. So he would wind up bringing soda into the house, and without my really realizing it, they were starting to drink soda. And years later, they were like, "Yeah, we shouldn't have done that. You know, it's not a good habit again." And my daughter got out of it pretty quickly once she hit high school and realized that soda has calories in it. Yes, <laughs> and you can watch your calories. You're not drinking soda, so yeah. I I never was really one for, I'm not really big on a lot of rules. And so I never really had a lot of rules for my kids around food because I think I personally probably don't have the most healthiest relationship with food. And, um, you know, so I, I tried really hard not to, like there was nothing off limits that they weren't allowed to eat or things like that, but they were really picky when they were young. Yeah. And, and as a working mom, I didn't, um, like during the school year, like when they were older, so this is probably like when they were six, seven, eight years old, what we would do over the summer, cause I'd have summers off as a teacher, we would spend the whole summer figuring out recipes that they would eat during the school year. And so oh, like cool. they got an allowance, but their allowance was for eating food. And so it was about, so we would go to the grocery store together. We would plan a menu. They would try something and then they would have to vote on which meals they wanted. And then when the school year happened, we ate the same meals week after week. Like it was like, so they would agree on which ones they would like. And every week, my kids were allowed one free pass where if they didn't like what was being served, they could either have peanut butter and jelly in a bowl or my daughter liked mac and cheese. And they were allowed to do that one meal a week. But you had to eat like, you know, I'm a meal planner. So I'd have a list on the fridge. These are the meals right. you're eating. And they got to pre-pick which meal was going to be their pass. You know, that's a great crazy. idea. Yes. Yeah, no, really, that's a great there idea. A, there was a chart and there was things and they had to identify which ones they were going to pass on. But um, it worked out really well. So when they were older, that actually saved me because when they were younger, it was really hard. But when they got older, they could participate in it. And we just spent all three months figuring out what they could eat. And then we were just on a rotation for school. And then when we were out of school, then it was we would travel and we would try different foods and we would look for different recipes and do that. It was I thought it was kind of fun. And honestly, my kids now eat everything. My kids, they'll try anything. That's great. That's great that they're they're willing to do that. How did you introduce them to new foods when they were little? So I've always been kind of over the top on things. So like in my house, it's like, you know, you have, you, you'll have, you know, a meal night, you know, so it'll be Mexican food and we'll go all out and you have all the different things that are dealing with Mexican food. And then we talk about the country and we talk about like nonverbal trends in the country, or we'll talk about a movie that we watched that dealt with it or whatever that looks like. And so we, 
we always did that, especially in the summer. So in the summer, it was very much a learning experience. And so for me, it was always just try it. And, and when we would travel, because I've mentioned before that we like to travel, it was always wherever we're going, we're going to try whatever they're known for. So when we go, you know, we go wherever we're going. If we're going to a Greek community, we're going to eat Greek food. My thing always was, if you didn't like it, we will get you something when we're done. So like order whatever you want to try, because if you don't like it, you're not going to starve. We'll stop and get you something later, you know, and, and right. that really allowed my kids to just explore the menu. So they would just pick things to try because, because I didn't tell them they had to finish it. Right. Because sometimes, right. sometimes right. when you go to a restaurant, especially if you're looking at foods you've never had, you're kind of like, well, what if I don't like it? You yeah. know, and yeah. my thing was, well, if you don't like it, don't eat it. Yeah. That makes you know? sense. And, yeah. they, and so it, it, but it definitely took them time to get there. I remember many, many years when they were little and that all my, my, my youngest, the only thing she ate was peanut butter and jelly in a bowl and Doritos. Literally, <laughs> that was it. That was it. And for years, and I was just like, I think this kid is going to die. I don't know what's going to be like. It has no nutritional value in anything that she's eating. Oh, um, you know, but, uh, but you know, she came out of it. She's actually probably my most, she, she probably explores the most now with food. My older daughter, um, you know, she started eating different foods early, but, um, but she's still good too, but they both are. Yeah. My daughter, when she was really little, it was Uncrustables. That was all she would eat. Uncrustables. If I put anything in there, like Lunchables with different, you know, cheeses and some meats in there and gave her a piece of fruit. Nope. She wanted the Uncrustable. That's all she wanted. Austin, he wouldn't protest. He just wouldn't eat it if he didn't like it. And then I'd find out he was foraging for cookies later. And that was one of the things that we would say, no, you know, desserts are for dessert after dinner when you finish what you're going to eat of your meal. And leave it at that so that's probably the one thing I did right although the nutritionists I've been researching have said that you shouldn't use dessert as like a reward that you shouldn't be giving your kids rewards for eating which I don't know I mean if I'm eating something just to fuel myself it's kind of nice to get a reward every once in a while but I don't know I used to pay them that was their allowance but technically their allowance was to plan the meal and help me cook the meal so I wasn't necessarily to eat it I guess but but that's kind of how, how we went and did it. But I don't know. We're not a big after-dinner dessert family, but yeah. I am a big sweet person. So usually for me, like when the kids would come home from school, that's when they would have their dessert. Right. Like it would be their cookies or ice cream or whatever they were looking for. Right. But for the most part, for me, and just when after dinner was done, the kitchen was closed. Like we yeah. didn't we didn't eat anything else. We didn't eat anything else as adults. There was yeah. nothing, you know. Well, that's smart, though, actually. They're saying that that's a good way of, of doing it, of, of being kind to your body by by just saying, okay, stop eating before 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. Oh, although some days that's kind of hard, uh, <laughs> depending on what's going on. Um, but, yeah. 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 We're an early dinner family. So, and my kids, they, my kids hate it. I eat dinner at 5 o'clock. So Do you at, really? At, I have all my life. I oh my And then God. I don't eat again. Like the, the kitchen's closed. We don't eat anything. We don't eat while we're watching TV at night. And um, my kids always make fun of me. Even like now, they'll be like, oh, you know, they haven't lived at home in five years. And they'll they'll call me up and, and they'll say, oh, it's seven o'clock. We're going to go get dinner. I'm like, oh, it's kind of late. They're like, no, mom. You're <laughs> the only one who eats early. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just that I get up so early. I'm up yeah. and I get up at you know six o'clock. I eat breakfast at seven. I eat lunch at noon. I'm I'm hungry at five. You yeah. know, so I eat dinner 
And probably also because I was never waiting for my husband to get home because he has, he's worked in the restaurant industry when we were, when the kids were little and now he works at UPS and he has odd shifts. Like he doesn't get home at a certain time. So we were never waiting for him to get home. Mm -hmm. He was either home for breakfast or we didn't see him until late. Like he didn't get home until eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. We're not, we weren't eating at that point, especially when the kids were little, they would go to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. We we had seven 30 bedtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom would occasionally let me stay up and watch Batman. Which is why I got my superheroes thing. We were early to bed, early to rise at a, when we were kids. And my kids, not so much. Well, no, I guess they were. I mean, they, they'd get up at a decent hour. I wasn't usually with them when they got up in the morning because we, we did morning drive radio. And right. so I'd be in at, at my radio station at like 4.30. So, ah. yeah, I know. Um, it's <laughs> So nice. You know, people say, You're, you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to walk your dogs. I'm like, yeah, beats being, having to be in at work at 4.30. Yeah. yeah. But in any case, the various people that would babysit them until they went off to school in the morning would get them up early, pretty early around 6-ish. So, and we try to get them in bed early, but every once in a while we'd let them stay up for like a special movie or something that was on TV. Yeah. Now you've got on-demand TV, so you can make your kids go to bed early. I know. That would have been nice growing up. I mean, the VCRs and all that, but that that definitely would have been nice. But, uh, yeah. When they got into high school, they started eating later. We actually, we've never really been a big eat as a family together at dinner. We always ate together for breakfast because at the time, my husband would work nights. And so he would get home at 7, and we'd have breakfast together as a family, and then we would all go to work or school. And he'd stay home and sleep. Um, And so we always did breakfast together and then, but not really dinner at the house. Not very, like on the weekends when my husband was home, then we would have dinner together. But during the week, it was kind of like, you know, I cooked the meal and then they would just, when they got home from band or whatever we're doing, they would be whatever. And that's what happened with my kids too, because they were, they were all into plays and musicals beginning, like in, in middle school and the beginning of high school. And my, and then, mm, no, actually my son threw out high school and my daughter was sports the second half of her high school career. She'd be doing lacrosse and, and yeah. country, you know, so it was. And then it just yeah. got hard to eat together. Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't know, like, I guess like overall when it came to food in our house i just never really i didn't have a lot of rules around it and i didn't have a lot of it wasn't very stressful especially once we figured out what the kids would eat it wasn't very stressful and i just we just went with that and it was i don't know it was pretty it was pretty it was that was probably the best thing i did because for a long time it was very stressful because i would try to make meals and then i tried to get them to eat it and that there was always that rub and then i was like well well why 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 does it matter what they're eating as long as they're not starving you know like you know so like my older daughter doesn't eat pork she still doesn't eat pork and so you know so we just don't really eat when she's home we just don't eat pork and especially when she was growing up we just if we ate pork that week that was the one meal that she would substitute out Um, right and I just didn't make a big deal about it I guess and I think that that helped the kids be okay with exploring because like I said before like if they didn't like it especially when we were traveling I'd be like well then we'll get you something else to eat and then at home we just spent the summer like if we cook something and you didn't like it then we then it was off the list we wouldn't cook it again like, yeah. being flexible really helped the kids get an appreciation for it i agree i definitely agree because then they don't have bad feelings attached to food yeah you want to avoid you know you don't want food to be threatening you don't want food to be something that's a battle because then when you're a grown-up then it's 
you're still going to carry some of the emotion of that. You don't want food to trigger an emotion in you. Yes. I think is what I'm driving at here. Yeah. No, I um, think so. I think so, too. And I, I think both of my kids, they helped a lot with the cooking. And so I think that also helped. Like, you know, that they would go to the grocery store with me. They would um, they would help me in the kitchen. And I've always been one of those uh, once a week cookers. So I do all of our cooking on the weekend. Great. And then we just eat leftovers basically during the week. And then we would eat one meal. When my husband was home, he would barbecue one, one day a week for us. And that was like our big sit-down meal together as a family. But mm-hmm. the rest of the time, you know, so the kids would be home on Saturday or Sunday, well, when they were little, and we would just cook all the meals together, and then we would just eat them as leftovers all week. And but that's a great bonding thing. And, and in that case, it makes food a bonding thing. Yeah, it, it was. Great. Like, they would cut the vegetables, or they would help with the cooking, and, you know, and do all yeah. of that. And I think... And now, well, right now, I, I would say I'm surprised that they cook less than they they do. But I think it's, they're both with people that do that came from a family of fast food eaters. Yeah. So I think that for them, they're trying to navigate the whole other people's relationships with food. So yeah. They're, they're, yeah. their significant others came from a family of drive-throughs. We never ate drive-through. Like we. Even though I would tell them always, like, if you don't eat it, we'll go to drive through But they always liked whatever they ordered at a restaurant or somebody else's plate, right? Like, maybe they didn't right. like theirs, right. but we'd switch or whatever. But growing up, um, probably because my husband worked in a restaurant, we probably went out to eat maybe once a month, maybe. Like, we just, we were never big eater outers and no. i'm not i don't like fast food and so if we ate out it, we tried to go to a restaurant you know rather mm-hmm. than fast food but i've never been a drive-through person it's amazing to me that they that they that they are eating out more than i thought they would as grown-ups yeah but i think they're being influenced by their significant others yeah and and there's not much you can do about that until you know things settle in with those relationships and then maybe yeah. they'll rub off in a positive way on their significant others yeah maybe i, I well i definitely know my youngest one has because her soon-to-be husband, again, grew up as a fast food eater and very limited food. Like, he didn't eat a lot. But Lily does. Lily's very adventurous with her food. And in the two and a half years they've been together, night and day. Night and day from the time that she met him to today. In terms of when we go to restaurants or we go out, he's always willing to try something. Because he's just grown so much as an eater just for being with her. Although, again, they don't cook a lot at home. But when they come out with us, you know, he's he's willing to try. Yeah, And that's all you can expect kids to do is to be willing to try. And hopefully that puts them into positive eating habits in the future. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking time to to chew on this subject. And and we'll see you next time. Okay, we'll we'll see you next time. Dr. Sherry Wells, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Go Tell Mom, where we chew on stuff that you talk about with your mom, or maybe not. I'm Diana Kelly. If there's something you want brought up, something you want to add, comment below, and I'll be back next week.